morning, Crown Ridge. What a blessing to be here this morning. Anybody here have a New Year's resolution? Anybody here want to start off this year different than they did last we year? We shouldn't wait to the end of change. We've got to change now. If your life looks like any of those statistics that were in the video, you might be not only headed toward rock bottom, you might already be there. Your families, your wives, your children, your job, everybody's already crying out saying, you but know I what? don't think we, there's a need to go to rock bottom. I think in, in Christ, I think that's a lie. How many times have you heard people say, oh, well, he hasn't hit rock bottom yet. Well, why? What are we going to just wait? What if he hits rock bottom and gets the end of his rope? Now he's dead. Good morning, Oak Hills. How about a happy new year? Nah, we could do better than that. Come on. Say it like you're glad to be here. On the count of three. One, two, three. That's good. It took last night them three times. They, I don't know what they were doing, but I don't think they were happy. They were just wanting to get to their party or something. But it's 2012. Can you believe it? They said the world was going to end and we're still here. What a blessing. You know, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if two or three times constitutes your tradition or not, but for me it does. You know, it's like going to a restaurant. You go there twice and people ask you, oh, have you ever been there? And you go, oh, I go there all the time, you know. So, uh, you know, to me it's a tradition. I'm here all the time. And I don't know why we have to wait until uh, New Year's or Christmas or something, but I probably get a lot more out of this than you do. But I do consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to be here and to be able to kick off the, the new year again this year. And hopefully uh, we, we learn something uh, about the Lord and our faith and getting off of uh, rock bottom. And, and I, the 2010 sermon, actually, the focus was looking at the characteristics of the prodigal son to stop our descent. You know, that, that the premise really was that we don't have to crash and hit rock bottom. You know, and I got so many people that came to me and began to talk and tell me all these things. And, and they begin to tell me that, you know what, your message was great, but I couldn't avoid rock bottom. You know, I, everybody tried to tell me and warn me about the signs and the things that I was doing in my life, but I crashed anyway. And so what do I do? So I figured, well, I'm going to come back and tell you what you can do. You know, if you couldn't avoid the crash, here's what do you do after you have crashed, you know. So we're going to be looking at that this morning. Another thing I think is interesting about coming here is when I kick off New Year's, it always seems that Max's lesson always follows mine so perfectly. And this year, Max is going to be talking about you'll get through this, which to me is a rock bottom message. It's a message telling us that if you're on rock bottom, don't worry, you can get out of this. You can make it through. And I think it's going to give us hope. And so be looking toward that next week. Maccus is going to kick that off. And, and I would like you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 15, verses 17 to 21 this morning as we get started. And just to remember and have a little recap about the prodigal son from the beginning of Luke chapter 15. If you remember, he started off and some of the signs that he was crashing was that he was selfish that he had no plan for his personal life or his finances. He partied like, like a step on on the west side, way too much. And he ended up eating with pigs. He looked around in his life and there was no one. None of his family or friends or those people who normally were there to help him were, were there. Be, because he had wasted his life and they were gone. 
And he found himself at rock bottom. And that's kind of where we left off last year or a couple of years ago. And this morning, we want to look at verse 17 because I want us to get the other side. And now look at this because it says uh, from verse 17, it says, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I wonder if any of us have found ourselves in that place where you know you, you, you have wasted all your resources and all your talents and, and your abilities, where you no longer have people there waiting to help you. You ever slept in your car? Nobody wants to admit that? Come on. You, you ever been kicked out of your house? You ever been locked out? And not because you lost your keys, because they changed the locks. You know, you'll notice here in this text, a good motivation toward change is the loss of quality of life. And I don't think that's a mistake, and sometimes we take that back. Oh, he only changed because he was sleeping in his car, as if that's a bad thing. What? Oh, so I should get used to sleeping in my car? Why are you looking for a job all of a sudden? I got tired of not eating. You know, when you start losing enough stuff, you'll begin to change. The problem is sometimes we get used to losing all of our stuff and then we give up. You know, it's an interesting thing when we look at this text. The first thing that it tells us is he came to his senses, which literally means he came to himself. And I don't know how you come to yourself because you're already there. Sounds kind of weird to me. He came to himself. In other words, he came home. You know, have, has anybody ever said, honey, what's wrong? You're not acting yourself. Have you ever, like, took a vacation from yourself? You ever see that little sign that says, um, I went out looking for myself. If I find me, tell me, or, you know. I think sometimes we do that. And, and here's the thing, that, that we grow up in such a way that, that our parents and our family and, 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 our, and even a little bit our, our, our uh, environment lends to the kind of people we are. My mom used to always tell me, I didn't raise you like that. I said, no, I became this way on my own. <laughs> you know, sometimes we've got to come to our senses. We've got to wake up. I believe it was Dr. Constantine Ackerman. He wrote a book called Christian Elements in Plato, and he said this, speaking about salvation. He said, redemption is one coming to himself. And I think what a beautiful saying. That, that, that salvation is when I wake up to myself. Another thing that's interesting in the text, that, that once he woke up, he went home. You ever stay out too long and realize, man, I ain't going home now. You ever get those texts or calls from your wife? Where are you? Out here, there, there's a bar on the south side called La Facina, which means the office. And whenever my wife calls me, you know, I go, hey, I'm at the office. 
And then I hang up. I'm like, man, she's mad. I ain't going home now. You know, you can't hide forever. The problem is we don't know how long to stay away. We get scared. Little kids, teenagers do this. Oh, man, my dad's mad. I'm not going home. And we stay away too long. Sometimes you got to know when to cash in your chips. You got to know when it's time to go home. And the prodigal son realized that. Granted, he lost everything, but he realized, you know what? It's time to go home. It's time to make amends. You know what? Sometimes it's time to eat a little crow. It's time to go home and say, you know what, Mom? I'm sorry. I've got a big mouth and I'm an idiot. Or better yet, tell your wife that. She's waiting for you. <laughs> Another thing, he came to grips with this sin condition. Too many times we're too proud and we're over here wondering and telling everybody how great we are. When what we should be telling everybody is, you know what, I blew it, I'm sorry. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've got to be able to admit, you know what, I'm a sinner. Another thing is we've got to humble ourselves. James chapter 4 verse 10. It took a lot of humility for this young man to go home and to tell his father, I'm sorry, I blew it. And James 4.10 tells us, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will what? Lift you up. Another thing that I like comes from Psalms chapter 25, verse uh, 11, I believe. He asks for forgiveness. I think these are things that we have to do. We've got to recognize we're sinners. We've got to um, humble ourselves and we've got to ask for forgiveness. It says in Psalms 4, uh, uh, 25, verse, verse 11, For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. You know, I, I think the, 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 the prodigal son did a good thing here in recognizing his state, recognizing he, he had finally hit rock bottom and he didn't want to live there anymore. And he began to put these things in effect in his life. But Scripture tells us about some other things. Flip forward to, to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Paul tells us about some things here, and I think it's interesting because one thing we do, you ever go home for Christmas? And, and then you go home and your, your family starts bringing up your past? Oh, man, I hate that. Oh, he was an addict. Oh, he used to get drunk all the time. You should have seen some of his girlfriends. Really, you want to tell my wife that? We've been married 21 years. I've kept that hidden. <laughs> this past August, we, we completed 21 years of marriage, and I said, praise the Lord, I can finally drink. <laughs> Not really. It's interesting because too many times we let our past affect our future. And, and not only do, do we let other people do it to us in bringing up what we were, you ever heard this? Oh, he's a quitter. He's a dropout. He's an ex-con. He's an alcoholic. He's a cheater. He's a liar, a thief. And we let these people keep it on us. But what's worse, we live that instead of living the people that God made us to be. My Bible says, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, that for freedom Christ died. I'm none of those things. Look up in Webster's Dictionary back in the 80s. You'll find my picture there under Rockstar. I got a big old pipe. People go, oh, he was an addict. Once an addict, what? Always an addict. I, don't want, I hate to burst some bubbles here. I hate to make the medical people mad in, in, in science, but I, this trumps that. And you know what? I'm not a recovering addict. I'm recovered. 
That's in my past and I'll never look back. It's not a part of who I am. It's what I was, but it's not who God made me to be. Learn this phrase. Christ has set me free and I will not be bound by their titles anymore. Christ has set me free and I will not be bound by their titles anymore. Say it with me. Christ has set me free and I will not be bound by their titles anymore. Say it with gusto like you mean it. Christ has set me free and I will not be bound by their titles anymore. You know what, if Christ has set us free, we don't have to be trapped. We don't have to be bound. We don't have to listen to those voices that tell us you'll never be anything. Remember what you are. Because we should be shouting not what we are, but what Christ has made us to become. Or we're wasting our time here. It's 2012. Aren't you tired of being on the bottom? Are you tired of living this life, or are you so used to it that, nah, it's okay? Let's say if you drop a frog in cold water and slowly start to heat it up, he'll just stay there until he blows up. I don't know if it's true. Kids, try that. <laughs> we do the same thing. You ever walk into somebody's house that's kind of on rock bottom and beer bottles all over the place and the place smells, you know, like the, the Febreze commercial? You ever see that? And they walk in there and the people are, you know, they're blind, just like we are, and they're sitting in this filth going, it doesn't smell that bad. I kind of like it. Aren't you tired of sitting that way? Look at Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Help if I have my Bible. Verse 12. It says, not that I've already attained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, verse 13. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, remember what we said, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is, uh, what is ahead, excuse me, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for that which Christ called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Notice this. Number one, what Paul says is we're not finished yet. You ever get in front of a difficult task or find yourself on the bottom? You say, oh, I'm done. I quit. That's it. Kids do it all the time. I quit. What? I tell my kids, you better get up from there now. You're going to get this boot. You ain't quitting yet. My, my daughter, uh, um, what did she get into? There's so many things. I think it was music or something. And, and, and she sat out there in the, like the first week and said, oh, I'm going to quit. I said, oh, no. <laughs> You're in this for the whole year, baby. Oh, no, I want to quit. This is hard. I don't like it anymore. I said, you made a commitment, and you're not quitting. When the year's over, you can quit. And she went the whole year. She didn't quit. She got all the way there, and, and, and she made it through. She didn't go back next year. But I wasn't going to let her quit. You see, we're too used to quitting. And look at what Paul says here. He tells us you're not finished yet. I don't care where you are right now in your life, you're not done yet. That's why you made it to 2012. Look what it says, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. 
He says, but you, all, O man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. See, what Paul is saying is that we've got to work our way off of rock bottom because we're not finished yet. Christ, even better yet, has a purpose for us. You ever wonder, what is my life? There's a reason why Christ took hold of you. There's a reason why God called you to the faith. There's a reason why God called Jonah. There's a reason why God called Paul, despite what he was in persecuting the church. And Paul says here, because of that, he says, I know I'm not finished yet. And when you're on the bottom, what you've got to remember to crawl your way out is, God's not finished with me yet. I'm just getting started. You see? Here's another thing from the Philippians. He, not only are, is he not done with us yet, but we've got to keep going. We've got to keep going because, again, Christ has a purpose for us. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4. This ain't me. This is Bible. I love it when people say, oh, I'm so tired of the Christian life, man. Church every Sunday. Really? That's the Christian life to you? It's, oh, I came to church on Sunday, man. It's, it's hard. I want to give up. If you haven't bled yet, you're not finished. And you can't bleed from sitting in those chairs. Come to the west side. We got some chairs you could bleed in, but not those ones. That's why we're trying to get a new building. <laughs> Look at what it says. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of what? See, some of us, we're, we're so tired. You know what? We're lazy. We're pampered now. When I grew up, uh, uh, we didn't have Wii and Connect and Kinky and what, all that stuff, man. You know what? We had Atari Pong. There were three channels. That's it, not 147. And my kids say, there's nothing on. Shut up. <laughs> we went outside to play. We had to drink water from the hose. <laughs> I hear kids around here playing. They don't even play outside, but when they do, you know, they run in the house. Mom, I need an Evian. <laughs> what? Weak! Slackers! I come to church on Sunday, good for you! What have you done for the Lord? What is your Christian life? Jesus struggled. He agonized over how he was going to glorify God till sweat poured out of his pores like drops of blood. And he said, Father, let this cup pass from me. And I don't know about you, but I have never agonized like that. Uh, and then he went to the cross and he died. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And we have the audacity to utter from our lips, I will never forgive her. Husbands, right? How dare you? How dare us? It's time to get off of the bottom and start fulfilling what Christ has for us. You haven't suffered. Nobody suffers here. To suffer, you've got to go to another country. 
Christians don't suffer here yet. I think in another decade or so we might start. But we haven't bled yet. You haven't suffered. This is nothing. I have relatives coming here and I'm always crying about how poor I am and they come from Mexico and they say, man, I wish I was as poor as you. We don't suffer, really. Look at another thing from the, from the text. Uh, we have to know we're not done yet. We, we, we have to know that, that, uh, that we've got to keep on trying. But also I think another important thing, and still from verse 12, he said to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. And again, I've mentioned this, but Christ has a purpose for us. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's amazing to me that God has a purpose for my life. And I know he has a purpose because he took me, a, a drug addict, from East L.A. and preaching in Oak Hills Church. You don't call that a miracle? That's... To me, that's huge. And I'll be the first to say, I know I don't belong here. I get up, people go, what, who is that? What happened? Put your seatbelts on. We're going for a ride. I know I'm crazy, but now I'm crazy for Jesus. God had a purpose for my life, but if I would have gave up there at the bottom, I would have never got here. But I didn't give up. And it got bad, and my mother told me. My mother said, I pray that God will take you so I don't have to look at your life any longer. And I told her, I pray he takes you because I don't want to see you either. And he didn't take either one of us, but he changed me. And I'm on the west side for Jesus. And to me, that's amazing. Think of where God will take you if you just look up and get off the bottom. Here, look at this other thing, verse 13. Uh, we've got to forget the past. I've said that already. He, he says in verse 13, he says, I, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You know what? We, we've got to forget the past. We let too many people attack us and tell us what we are, that we start living it. And you've got to erase those names and those things that people call you and start pressing toward what God has made you to be because it's dangerous to keep looking back. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus said, No one who puts their hand to the plow is fit for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Genesis chapter 19, verse 26, he says, But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. See, you can't look back. We've got to be looking forward. Look at this. We've got to press on. I love this passage. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. It, it says this. In verse 14, this talks about this, but I'm talking about pressing on. He says, don't you know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, 
But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. You know what, church? It's time to get up. It's time to get off the bottom. It's time to stop making excuses. Because if you're on the bottom, it's not this church's fault. It's not my fault. There's only one place to look. And that's to yourself. That's what the prodigal son had to do. He had to quit blaming his family and quit blaming his father and quit blaming the pigs and everything else. And it says, when he came, what? To himself. I don't know about you, but vacation is tiring. I hate going on vacation. Do you ever go on vacation and come home and need another vacation? My wife says, oh, I'm tired. We need a vacation. I said, I'm tired. I'm staying home. That's vacation to me. You want to rest, stay in the bed. Because you go out and then you're doing all this stuff. You know what? It's time to come home. It's time to come home, brothers. It's time to get off rock bottom. I'm going to invite the, the worship team to make their way back up and the prayer ministers. And, you know, I think sometimes we just get used to sitting in the mire. Sometimes we, we, we give up just too soon. We see our lives passing us by, and, and worse, many of our family as well, our loved ones and friends, have gone on without us because we're sitting in the pit. And I know what that feels like. And I know you're alone, and I know you're afraid. But I'm telling you, with Christ Jesus, you don't have to be anymore. And as Max says, or will tell us, you know what? You'll get through this. This is easy when you have Jesus. Don't give up. Let us help you. Let us come alongside of you. Let, let us throw you a rope. Let us pull you out. But now's not the time to give up. Now's the time to turn from rock bottom.